the old English phrase, the old English phrase, all hail, H-A-I-L, simply means to greet with enthusiastic approval. But I've come to tell you on Easter Sunday, 2023, that we're not just greeting Jesus with enthusiastic approval. We are proclaiming that He is Jesus, the Messiah, and He is not dead, but He is alive forevermore. Come on. So here's what I want you to do. At every campus, overflow as well. If you're physically able, would you stand on your feet with me here? And I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, I wish you'd open up your mouth and give Jesus the highest praise. You ready? Come on, here we go. One, two, three, let's go. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. All hail King Jesus. Yeah. Woo. All right, all right. High five somebody, fist bump them, tell them, say, Jesus is alive, alive forevermore. Oh man, happy Easter, Go Church family. How you feeling today? Everybody good? You look great. Let me look around the room. Got your Easter outfit on. Come on, looking clean. What a joy to see everybody, those of you in this room, everybody in overflow. I read a text message a moment ago. Overflow is overflowing. Come on, somebody. So God bless you and overflow and those that might be standing in the hall. We're just so glad that you've come to Go Church today. And for all of you here, it's a joy and an honor to see you on Easter Sunday. This is our South Metro Atlantic campus, our broadcast campus. And from this very room, we live stream our gatherings to our Montgomery County, Maryland campus. So we say happy Easter to them. We launched that campus nine years ago. So it's their ninth birthday today. And then we also live stream to our West Side Atlanta campus there on the property of City of Refuge. We launched them on Easter last year, so they're one year old today. So whatever campus you're a part of, even if you're watching Easter online, uh, we're just so glad that you're a part of the family. So all right, go church every campus. Can we put our hands together? Greet each other like the family of God. Come on, let's do it well. Then we got a tradition here. So if you're new, I want you to know we do this every Sunday, not just on the big Sundays, but every Sunday we pause before we get into the message to give honor to the brave men and women that have served in the military and are currently serving in the military, and then of course all of our courageous first responders. So if that's you at every campus, military, active duty, veteran, first responder, can we show you some love? Would you put your hand up real quick? I want every room to go crazy for these men and women. Come on, God bless you, God bless you. Come on, take your volume up just a notch here. God bless you there. Thank you so much, sir. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Love you all. All right, a couple quick items, and then I'll pray for you. We'll get into the message. I'm gonna let you know about Mother's Day because Mother's Day is only a few Sundays away, and I'm gonna tell you this for two reasons. Number one, I'm giving all of you guys an opportunity to get ahead of the game on Amazon Prime. Come on, ladies. All the mamas said amen right there, so... Mother's Day is coming, but I also want you to make plans and preparation to be with us at Mother's Day here at Go Church. We have April Osteen Simons who will be preaching. We, we love a good woman of God preaching the gospel here at Go Church. You may recognize her maiden name. This is, true story, Joel Osteen's sister. And so she'll be with us on Mother's Day, has a fantastic ministry, and so we're excited that she'll be a part of Mother's Day here at Go Church. So put that on your save the day. Also, next Sunday, we're kicking off a brand new series. 
It's a four-part series that we're calling Binge the Bible. We're gonna look at season one of Binge the Bible because I'll come back and do a season two and a season three. So in season one, I'm gonna give you the first four episodes beginning next Sunday. So if you've ever had any questions about the Bible, the authority of God's word, the validity of God's word, how to read it, how to live it, how to love it, then this series is for you. So I want you to make sure that you're here beginning next Sunday for our Binge the Bible series, all right? And then whatever room you're in today, when you sat down in the seat that you chose, there was a survey card in that seat. And I'm gonna ask that you take that card out now so you can access that. Everybody's grabbing a card right quick. If you don't know where it is, uh, you're sitting on it. There you go. So everybody grab that card. Every year on Easter Sunday, we do an annual survey. It's a great opportunity to collect some information on how we continue to grow and uh, just allow the Lord to move in a powerful way here at Go Church. So I'm gonna ask for 100% participation to fill out the whole card is sub 30 seconds. You can do this really, really quickly. Uh, the only reason that we would need your personal information on the back of the card is if you desire to be baptized in water or you want one of our prayer team members to follow up with you in prayer or at the end of the message, we'll come back to the boxes at the bottom on the backside, A, B, C, D, and depending on the box that you choose, you would fill out your personal info. All the other reasons, these are anonymous, by the way. So first question is about our Ask Away series. That will happen in two series. Uh, binge the Bible, then Ask the Way. And I'm just asking you to help me know what you wanna hear a message on. You can't pick all of those topics. I need you to pick one. Because if you pick all of them, then we won't know what theme or topic is really most desired. So just as hard as it is, just pick one topic, and then we'll take the most selected topics or themes, and that'll create our Ask Away series. Second question, simply, how long have you been here at Go Church? If today is your first day, welcome home. If you've been here 25 years, we love you just the same, and we're so proud to be a part of the Go Church family together. So if you'd sign that. And then question three. Would you help us celebrate our diversity here at Go Church? This is what we believe. At any campus today, all you have to do is look around the auditorium and you will see what heaven looks like. Red, yellow, black, white, all of God's children special in his sight. Can I get an amen from somebody? So I want you to help me celebrate the diversity here at Go Church. As a matter of fact, I believe, and I, you're gonna help me prove this, I believe that Go Church is one of the most diverse churches in America. And so I want you to fill out your ethnicity, your diversity, so we can really see percentages of our diversity and celebrate that. Now, my brother Terry called me a few weeks ago, and he told me that he did the Ancestry.com, and the results came in. And I am 3% Nigerian. Come on, somebody. It explains a lot, doesn't it? So I'm a little confused. I don't know what box to pick. I'm gonna go with white and Caucasian for today, but don't be fooled. I got a little black in me. Come on, somebody, all right, 3%. So just fill that out there on the backside. Um, you know, just a question about move track. If you've not yet begun move track or completed move track, tell us why. It'll give you some options there. And then again, being baptized in water, prayer requests. And then hold on to that card. We'll come back to box A, B, C, and D at the end. All right, are you ready for an Easter message? Come on. All right, let me pray for you today. Every campus overflow, heads bowed, eyes closed for a moment. I always like to take about 10 seconds and just invite the Holy Spirit into this conversation. I wanna make sure that He's the reason that we gather together. 10 seconds and then I'll pray for you. 
and we'll jump into the Easter message together. Truthfully, Lord, I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed today. Just overwhelmed by your grace and your goodness. I just want to pause right here in this moment and say thank you for taking my place on that old rugged cross. For the wages of my sin, my sin should have allowed me to pay the death penalty. But you became my substitute. (laughs) But you didn't just die on the cross. They buried you in a tomb and then three days later up from the grave you arose. So today, when we're preaching about Easter and the Easter message, we're not praying to a God that is not alive and cannot hear, but we're praying to a God that sees us right in the middle of our life and what we're going through. And you empathize with us, you connect with us. And I believe today you're gonna reveal some things to us to help us on our own journey. So I pray that you would anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Let the cross of Jesus go before me. I want you to get all of the glory and all of the honor. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In the name of the Father, who loves you. Thank you, Jesus. The Son who gave his life for you and the Holy Spirit who lives within you. And the whole church said amen and amen. It's so fitting on Easter Sunday. We give Jesus one more praise. Come on, let's do that together. Come on. Woo. All right, there's a a message note card in a seat near you if you want to take some notes today, which I encourage you to do that. And I want to share with you a a thought on the introduction of this message that I actually heard uh, in Easter of 2016, a pastor preached on this particular thought. And in my mind, when I listened to that message in 2016, not only did it impact me personally, but it impacted my theology and, and, and my relationship with the Lord. And so I want to give you this question to kind of build the conversation today. And uh, I don't know if you've ever thought of Easter and Easter weekend this way, but here's the question. Why, why did it take three days for the resurrection of Jesus to happen? So whenever we think about Easter, we think about Friday being the, the death of Jesus on the cross. We think of Saturday being the day that he was buried in the tomb. And then, of course, we think of Sunday being the day that that he was resurrected, brought back to life. But why did it take three days? Now, if if you're like me and you believe that God has all power and all ability, then it would be true that God, after Jesus breathed his last breath on that cross, God could have resurrected him right there, right then. Jesus could have gotten down off the cross and been like, who's your daddy now? But why didn't he do that? Why, why was there a journey? Why was there a gap? Why is there a Friday and a Saturday and a Sunday? Have you ever thought about this? So that's kind of what I want to unpack for you because, again, I think in my heart and as I study Scripture 
that God is inviting every single one of us into a spiritual journey, into a walk with him. And we talk a lot about next steps here at Go Church because I believe that no matter where you are on the faith spectrum, we all have a next step that we can take. And so I believe that one of the reasons, one of the reasons that God decided that his son must go through the Friday, the Saturday, and the Sunday is to not only conquer what you and I face in our Fridays of life and our Saturdays of life and our Sundays of life, but also model for us the way that we can overcome it as well. That's the whole message of Easter, right? Let me give you a verse here in 1 Peter chapter 2 that really emphasizes uh, this question, the positioning of this question. Watch. This is the kind of life that you've been invited into, the kind of life that Christ lived. There we see it right there that, that God is inviting you into a journey. He's inviting you into to, to some steps. And so he sent his son Jesus to model for us the steps. Watch, Jesus suffered everything that came his way. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He suffered everything that came his way. Why? So that you would know that it could be done and so that you would also know how you could do it. And I love this phrase right here. Watch, step by step. So God allows his son Jesus to go through the Fridays and the Saturdays and the Sundays so that you know when you go through the storms of life. Am I talking, has anybody ever been through anything like that whenever we go through the trials and whenever we go through the fire and whenever we go through the difficulty that Christ has modeled for us that it can be done, that you can get victory and you don't have to live in defeat and not only can it be done, but he's gonna show you exactly how to do it. It's a great place to say amen right there. So let's look at these three days. Let's start with Friday. Friday is known as the day of pain. And you know this. I mean, you've read this in your Bible. You've, you've seen the movies, the passion of the Christ. You've got the, the mental image of the crucifixion of Jesus. Friday was the day of pain, the crucifixion. This is the day where they would take a crown of thorns and they would place that on the head of Jesus and they would mock him as king of the Jews. This is the day that they would take the whips and beat him 39 times, unrecognizable before Jesus was ever even nailed to the cross. And speaking of nails, we call them nails. These aren't like nails that you pick up at Home Depot. These were nine inch spikes that they would drive into the wrists of Jesus, severing the median nerve, which is connected to your funny bone. And if you've ever been hitting your funny bone, you know right now there ain't nothing funny about that. They take his hands and they nail him to the cross and then they nail his feet as well. Jesus and his humanly power would try to lift himself up just to get a little bit of breath, but every breath became harder and harder and harder. Our English word excruciating comes from the word crucifixion, which is Latin for out of the cross. And it's not, it's not like a happenstance that God would send his son Jesus to die in a time in human history when capital punishment was the worst. Watch, if, if God decided to send Jesus to die for the penalty of our sins today in, in 2023, I mean, at best, it's lethal injection, and that depends on the state. 
But in this time in human history, capital punishment is the crucifixion. What? So why would God have his son Jesus die in the most painful of ways? Listen to me. Don't miss this. I know it's early in the message, but don't miss it. Jesus needed to experience his day of pain so that he could help you and I in our day of pain too. Come on. That he needed to go through this day of pain so that when you face your worst day of pain, he knows, I've been there. And not only have I been there, but I've defeated that, and I'm going to model the way that you can get victory through the pain. So if I gave a word for Friday, the day of pain, it would be warring. I mean, I've been, I have been, if I've ever prayed over a message, it's been this one. I mean, it's Easter. It's the Super Bowl of Sundays in the church. I, I have preached this message on this stage in front of an empty room since Thursday of this week. That's why you don't even have to say amen. Nobody amen me all week long. I got this with the Lord. Come on. I amen myself. When I was praying in preparation of this message, here's what I know. I know you walked into Go Church and you, you got a smile on your face on Easter Sunday. You got your Easter fit on and you're looking good on the outside. But many of you, you are in a day of pain. You are in a war. There is a single mama at Go Church on Easter, and you are warring to survive. There is a marriage, and you decided we'll go to church on Easter, and we'll smile and pretend like we're okay, but we are at war with each other, and I don't know if we're gonna make it to tomorrow. There's somebody here, I'm telling you, that, that you are at war with depression. You're at war with anxiety, you are at war with fear. Somebody is at war with God. But it is the Friday of pain. It is, it is a war. And so God needed to send his son Jesus to die on Friday so that he could connect with whatever type of pain that you experience while you're alive on this earth. Jesus says, I have defeated it and I'll model the way for you to have victory through it. And we've all gone through pain. There's all kinds of different types of pain that you've experienced, I've experienced, but Jesus went through the pain as well. We talked about the physical pain of the crucifixion. Every single one of you, myself included, at some point in our life, if you have lived, you know what physical pain feels like. And here's the thing about physical pain. Physical pain doesn't just affect you physically. No, it affects you emotionally. It affects you spiritually. Physical pain will will rob your joy and steal your hope. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So I'm not gonna stand up here and try to build up some like, you know, this is how much pain I've been through in my life physically and I got it way worse than you and you don't know pain. I know you know pain. Some of you, you are in a war right now with your physical pain. But I'm not preaching a message that I've not lived. I mean, when Kimberly and I first got married, they found a tumor in my small intestines. I was literally dying. We were one year married. They had to do emergency surgery. I know the pain of that. I've had, I've had 21 kidney stones in my life. 21. And I pray it doesn't happen right now. Come on, somebody. I just stand on God's word. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. At lunchtime, you're going to get that joke, and that's funny. (laughs) And you're going to appreciate the comedy of this moment. 21. Now, they say 
that for a man to have a kidney stone is as close as they could ever get to experiencing childbirth. Because like here at Go Church, we just don't believe that men can have babies. And so... Just, I don't know, it just felt right. So, so if, that, if that's true, that kidney stones are as close as a man can get to having like the pain of, of childbirth, I've got 21 illegitimate children out there, y'all. Come on, somebody. And I ain't paying child support. I'm done with all that. He, he, knows, he knows exactly your pain. And Jesus had to feel the pain to help you in your pain. Jesus also had emotional pain. Anybody have this? I don't think we really consider how much emotional pain Jesus went through. Isaiah 53, 3, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrow. He wasn't just despised and rejected from the people that were crucifying him, the people that were closest to him when he needed them the most. They turned their back on Jesus at the foot of the cross and they scattered. You know what hurts really bad? Is when people that say they love you, they hurt you. And some of you, you know this emotional pain. You, you've been lied about, you've been cheated on, you've been mistreated, you've been abused. Oh man, and the enemy just loves to highlight the emotional pain, doesn't he? He loves to highlight all of the issues. I don't have time to preach this in its entirety, but watch this, when Jesus, on the Friday of pain, when Jesus died on the cross at Calvary, the Bible says that he died on a hill called Golgotha. Golgotha literally means the place of the skull. Where is it that the enemy usually attacks us the most? In our mind. And so God allowed his son Jesus to die in the place of the skull to give you victory in the very place that the enemy would attack you in 2023, right here. There is freedom from the emotional pain caused by the enemy and caused by people. Come on, do you believe that? And then there is relational pain. And watch this, you know this. If any kind of pain that you have ever felt in your life, the worst pain, is pain caused by family. Family. The people that should love you the most. And Jesus, Jesus understood this relational pain. I mean, Jesus was perfect, but his family wasn't. His family was a little crazy. A little cray-cray. Come on, somebody. Like, how many of you got a little crazy in your family? Let me see your hand real quick. How many of you are sitting next to crazy? Like, right now, you're like... I brought them to church, let's get them saved. And if you're sitting there wondering, I wonder who the crazy person in my family is. It's you. Like, that's you. Look, the Bible talks about how when Jesus was out preaching, it was his very own brothers that called Jesus the crazy one. And maybe so, can, can you imagine being a sibling of Jesus? That's hard. Mom. Mom, look at this picture that I painted. Isn't it so great? It's beautiful. Did you know that Jesus turned water into wine? <laughs> mom, mom, look at this birdhouse that I made you. That is so fantastic. Did you hear that Jesus walked on water today? I love this one. Mom, look at this new magic trick. Really? Jesus just raised the dead man back to life, you know? 
He knows the relational pain. Look, if you're, if you're struggling in your singleness, Jesus knows what it's like to be single. Not only does he know what it's like to be single, but he knows what it's like to be tempted as a single person. Now, before you throw the word blasphemy at me, what does the Bible say? That he was tempted in every way, yet he did not sin. And somebody's like, well, he didn't know what it's like to be married. The pain of marriage. And then I wanna pause right here because if you're new to Go Church, for whatever reason, that country accent is my go-to accent <laughs> when I just wanna pretend to be ignorant. I don't know why. Well, you know, mar mar marriage ain't a word. Marriage is a sentence, like a life sentence in prison. <laughs> Jesus don't know that pain. Really? Because the Bible says that the church is the bride of Christ. So not only does he know what it's like to be married, he knows exactly what it feels like to be cheated on. Every type of pain. Now, let me give you my favorite verse in all of the Bible. If I have a favorite verse, it's this verse. Because God has this power and this ability because of what he conquered on the Friday of life, on the day of pain, to take whatever it is that you're up against today and flip that thing around. So my favorite verse is Romans 8, 28, that we know that God can cause every, now God doesn't cause everything. We know that a lot of attacks comes from the enemy, right? Some attacks are from the devil. Some spiritual, you know, testing comes from the Lord. Sometimes you're just an idiot. Somebody testify to that. It's like, why did this happen? And the devil's like, I didn't do that. And God's like, I didn't do that either. And then they're like, they're just a moron. But God causes everything that you got, all of the pain, and he can work that together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. This is going to preach right here. Watch. God will put purpose in your pain. It's what he does. And, and I'm, not, I'm not putting down what you're going through. I'm just trying to lift up Jesus in this moment to tell you that there is no amount of pain that God's sovereign purpose cannot redeem. What the devil meant for evil, God will make good. Let me get 100 people to help me preach this Easter message. They're clapping louder in overflow. Come on. Listen to me, whatever your story, whatever the storm, whatever the hell, God will turn that thing around and God will get glory from it because he is a sovereign God and he'll put purpose in the pain. Come on and give Jesus some praise, come on. That's Friday, Friday. Some of you are like, if you don't pick up this message, we'll be here till next Friday. Friday, the day of pain, it's a day of warring. But then you get to Saturday, and Saturday's a day of confusion. It's a day of panic. Jesus told the disciples that, that he would rise again on the third day, but they had forgotten that message because they had scattered. Some of the disciples had even gone back to their old life. Look at me real quick. Not one of the disciples we're sitting around saying, one more day and it's Easter. No, they were running. They were terrified. 
They were confused. The one that had walked with them and talked with them, now they watched him be crucified on a cross and, and buried in a tomb. And watch, if, if, if Friday, the day of pain, is warring, then Saturday, the, the day of confusion, is waiting. And I know we got a lot of differences. Like, I know we got different backgrounds and ethnicities and family dynamics, but one thing that we all got in common, none of us like to wait. We don't want to wait in traffic. Can I get an amen from somebody? We don't even want to wait on food. Now your fast food is too slow. Come on. We don't want to wait. We want to wait on an appointment. Don't want to wait on anything. Waiting is hard. And I feel like many of you, you are in a Saturday of life, a, a day of confusion, a day of waiting. And what happens when, when you're in this day of confusion, when you're living in this day of waiting? Well, I'll tell you what I do, but I, I want some answers. I've been in ministry 23 years. I didn't have all this gray hair when I started. 23 years I've counseled people and preached sermons. I've done child dedications and, and weddings and funerals. And for 23 years, the, the number one question that people ask me all the time, you ready? Why? 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 Why did, whatever your scenario is, why, why, why did my husband do what he did? Why did he cheat on me and leave me and the kids? Why, why did my wife walk out on me? Why, why did my grandmother get sick and die? Why, why did I just get that doctor's report? Why, why, why do we have to be bankrupt? Why, why isn't my business flourishing? Why? It's like, why, why, why? Listen to me. I don't know. And I know that doesn't help you, but Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, for the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to you and your children forever. There are some things that are gonna happen in this life on earth that you'll never know the answer to. And you've gotta wrestle in your own self to resolve that you're okay with not getting the answer and just trusting that God's ways are better than your ways, God's ways are higher than your ways, and even when the enemy is at work, God can turn that pain into purpose. Hey, look at me, it's Easter, and I'm gonna be honest, I got questions right now. In my own life, in our own family. God, why? And watch, and whenever we don't get the answers in this day of confusion and waiting, then all of a sudden we begin to doubt. And let me tell you, the enemy works overtime sowing seeds of doubt. And this is not a new tactic from the devil. Go back to Genesis in the garden. After God told Adam and Eve, you can have the whole garden, just don't touch that one tree. And then what did the, what did the serpent say? What did the devil say? Did God really say? And let me tell you, if you're in a Saturday of life, watch this, man, the enemy loves to create doubt in your mind. God's not real. This whole church thing is a smoke show. All of it is hogwash. God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. God is angry at you. All of this is phony. All of it is phooey. It's what he does. Why? Because if he can sow seeds of doubt, then ultimately he hopes that one day you'll just give up. I'm gonna quit. 
And this, this is his, the devil's primary goal. John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants you to give up. And I told you, man, I preached this message to an empty room a few times. And yesterday, when I got to this point, standing on this stage, preaching to no chairs, the Holy Spirit impressed on my heart. And I don't know who this is for, but I'm going to say it. The enemy has got you right where he wants you to give up, and he wants you to take your life. Is that not what happened to one of the disciples? Judas was so overwhelmed with the confusion that he committed suicide. And let, let the words coming out of my mouth be like a blinking billboard to get your attention. If you're considering suicide, you are loved way too much. You mean way too much. God's got a plan for you. God's got a purpose for you. God's got a calling for you. And I know, oh, I'm angry at the devil because I know the enemy is right here. Go ahead and end it all. Nobody will miss you. Nobody cares about you. Nobody loves you. Lies, lies, lies. God loves you. Your family loves you. We love you and we need you. Come on. My mama used to say it like this. Don't you give up today. Your miracle might be tomorrow. Come on, hang on in there. But for some of you, it's not so extreme as suicide, but the enemy is telling you, give up on your marriage. Give up on your spouse. Give up on your kids. Give up on that dream. Give up on that goal. Give up on that business. Give up on the church. Give up on your faith. We started this year declaring it to be the year of God's miracles at Go Church. And in two months, February 2nd to April 4th, we lost Pops to cancer. And then Kimberly and Jennifer, who's here for the funeral of her and their grandfather on this next Tuesday, this past week, we lost Grandpa, Pastor Allen's dad. Two completely different scenarios in terms of how they transition from this world to their eternal reward. Pops was sick and it came fast. Cancer happened, within eight months he was gone. Grandpa lived to be 93 years old. He was converted from Hinduism at 17 and he preached for the next 76 years. He was the oldest active living preaching pastor in the entire Church of God denomination. Until just four Sundays ago, he was still preaching with an oxygen tank. But listen, loss is loss. Grief is grief. And you know what I've heard in the last two months? And if you'll just let me, let me just share my heart, I've heard the enemy say, and you still believe? And you're... And you're still going to preach that? Where is God in your God of Miracles series? Where is God in the prayers that you prayed and none of them turned out the way that you prayed them? Well, I've got, I've got questions and I don't have all the answers. But I will tell you this. I ain't giving up. I'm not going to leave the lies of the enemy. I truly in my heart believe that God is just able 
and he's sovereign and he's good. Even when I can't see the good, God is still good. Even when the winds of the storm are blowing and life just hurts. Am I talking to anybody today? Even though there is thoughts in my mind of, God, for real? Serious? I'm just gonna keep on going. You know what I've learned to do? Is just find a way to get in the presence of God. Because if I can get in the presence of God, then everything that I need for my day of pain or my day of confusion, whatever I need can be found in God's presence. So there have been times over the last two months that I, I was disciplined and intentional about spending time in God's word even when I didn't feel like it. Turning on worship music even when I didn't wanna worship. But when I got into those moments, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God just came over me. And all of a sudden, watch this, and some of you can testify to this. There was a peace that surpassed all of my understanding. Can I get somebody to tell me you know exactly what I'm talking about? Let me say it to you like this. There is no confusion that God's presence cannot calm. So if you're going through the day of confusion, the day of waiting, then you have to assess yourself. Are you being filled with the things of this world that only cause greater anxiety and greater fear and greater frustration and greater doubt? Which by the way, everything that the world tries to offer you to give you hope, it's all counterfeit to the real thing. Jesus is the real thing, come on. Or are you spending time getting in the presence of God? Because in his presence, there is a peace. There's a peace. You gotta read your Bible. You gotta turn some worship music on. I love you enough just to tell you the truth, but you gotta come to church more than just Easter. You gotta find a way to get into a rhythm and a discipline to say, I'm confused, I'm going through difficulty, but I know that in the presence of Jesus, Everything I need can be found right there. Let's go five seconds right here. Come on. Come on, somebody clap like the peace is already happening. Come on. Woo. You got time for Sunday? This is the one. So if Friday is the day of pain, it's a day of warring. And Saturday is a day of confusion. It's a day of, of waiting then Sunday is the day of resurrection and it's the day of winning. Let, let, let me say it to you like this. It might be Friday, but Sunday's coming. It might be Saturday, but Sunday's coming. Don't make this 3% Nigerian preacher preach. Come on, somebody. Sunday's coming. And let me tell you, my heart for you, my prayer for you is that you get out of the Friday of life, you get out of the Saturday of life, and you start living in the Sundays of life. That you get out of the pain, you get out of the chaos, you get out of the confusion, and you live in the win. There is victory in Jesus. Pastor JC, how do I get to Sunday? How do I get out of Friday? How do I get out of Saturday? Jesus. And I know this sounds so elementary, but don't let it go in one ear and out the other. No matter how difficult your life is, the answer is simple. One person. Jesus. And listen to me. You'll never get to the Sunday, the day of winning, 
riding on the shoulders of somebody else's salvation. You'll never get to Sunday experiencing the resurrection power riding on somebody else's faith or somebody else's religion or somebody else's belief. You have to work out your own salvation. Watch, John 11 says it. This is Jesus, by the way. Jesus says, I don't just offer resurrection. I am resurrection. Watch what he says. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Watch this question. Do you believe this? Getting Jesus in your heart, believing that he is the son of God, it doesn't exempt you from life and troubles and hurts and pains. We all go through stuff. But having Jesus as your Lord and Savior means you never have to go through one more day alone. Do you see that? So there is no amount of pain that God's sovereign purpose can't redeem. And there is no confusion that God's presence cannot calm. So when we get to Sunday, then this is the only truth. There is no death that God's power cannot resurrect. Whatever you walked in to go church with on this Easter Sunday that is dead or dying, God has the power to bring that back to life. Your marriage, your relationships, your dreams, your purpose, your faith, whatever it is, whatever's dead or dying, your money, your job, your future, Whatever it is that's dead or dying, God's power can bring that back to life. Do you believe that today? One more thought here, and I'll pray for you through communion. Philippians 3. Paul writing to the church at Philippi from from a prison, from jail. Some theologians believe he's on house arrest, but irregardless of where he's locked up, the boy's locked up. And this is what he writes to the church at Philippi. And I don't want you just to see it, and I don't want you just to hear it. I want you to pray it. He says, I want to know Christ, and not just know him here, but I want to know him here in my heart. And I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Can I get anybody to say that's me? Like, I want to experience that kind of power. Now, watch the verse go on. Watch. I want to suffer with him Friday sharing in his death Saturday so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead Sunday victory in Jesus one more time come on let's just bless the Lord